This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is value. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. We've got a really great show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be speaking with Rabbi Yisrael Weingarten, who's the Chabad representative in Flint. In case you have been in a cave the last year or so, Flint is having a water crisis. And the Jewish community of Flint has really stepped up to the plate, using a baseball analogy. We're going to find out what's doing and maybe what you could do to help even, too. We are continuing with wonderful a cappella music as we are in the time of quasi-morning known as Sphira. Speaking of Sphira, we're going to talk about Sphira during the monologue as the portion of the week, which is the portion of Emor, which is Leviticus chapter 21 and following, actually deals with the custom of Sphira. So if you want to know about Sphira, and not to forget, at the end, a really exciting Hasidic story. Before we do anything else... Let's go right to the news. A teen from Gaza who was working as a Hamas operative was arrested about a month ago by Israeli forces as he tried to sneak into Israel. This operative has now provided extensive information, and my article says, quote-unquote, on terror tunnels, this is all according to the Shin Bet News Service. At least six tunnels from Gaza into southern Lebanon have been discovered since the young man's release. Uh, arrest. Excuse me. The U.S. is giving $50 million in new humanitarian aid for Gaza. The aid will include food items and non-food items, such as school uniforms, bedding and cleaning supplies, and job training programs. Police in Manchester, England, are investigating a suspected arson at a kosher restaurant. Security cameras show the restaurant being doused with a liquid by two unidentified men before bursting into flames. No one was hurt. The restaurant, it is in a new neighborhood, was opened last month. Speaking of arson, a school bus parked outside of the Beth Rifka School in Brooklyn was set ablaze. Security cameras show five black teenagers setting the bus on fire. Two of the perpetrators have been taken into custody and have been charged with arson as a hate crime, and the police are looking for the other three. Israel's independence marks the time when they do a, a census every year. They do one. Israel's population now stands at approximately 8.5 million people. According to the Central Bureau of Statistics, Israel's population grew by 2.2% this year. The Jewish population stands at 6.3 million while the Arab population is at 1.7 million. And finally, 
This is an expression of people who have too much time on their hands. A survey was conducted by the Geocartography Institute showing that, this is geocartography, it's got to do with like land masses and whatnot, but I don't understand how this survey fits into their protocol. But the survey that they did, because I guess they have too much time on their hands, shows that more than 90% of Israelis say that they eat hummus at least once a week, while 70% of those surveyed currently have hummus in the refrigerator. Yeah, okay. More than half of Israelis like, this is even getting really nitty-gritty, they like wiping the hummus in a semicircle with a piece of pita. What a question to ask. While 9% see the popular chickpea spread as a symbol of Arab-Jewish coexistence. I guess most people just eat it because it tastes good. And that's the news. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program, When you go to Specs, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Specs Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Specs Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. And visit them on the web at specshoward.edu. Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We have online Rabbi Yisrael Weingarten, who's the Chabad representative in serving the greater Flint area and beyond. We're talking about what everybody else is talking about, Flint. It put Flint on the international map. And I guess if there were people on Jupiter, they would probably know about this one. The water crisis. How are you today, Rabbi Weingarten? Thank God. Doing well. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, Flint is having this terrible problem with his water. Let me just first clarify. Your Chabad house is officially not in Flint and therefore not directly affected by the water crisis? That is correct. We are in Flint Township. Um, The only affected area is the city of Flint itself. And we're not in the city of Flint. We're in Flint Township, and uh, we're not affected. But in a sense, we are. If others are affected, we're affected. Understood. Did you, as being a resident of the Flint area, hear about the the, the murmurings and undertones before the story broke, or was it you were informed basically by the the media outlets? No, we heard somewhat, uh, probably in August, September, we began hearing about it, but there was nothing to make of it because, you know, just you can't respond to every, you know, every memory that there is. But uh, then there wasn't really much we were able to do about it in our capacity. Mm -hmm. Until it became like an official thing, you basically just got to sit back, I guess, then. Well, not, not we didn't realize the severity of it at that point, but we knew there was something, something brewing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. What, do you remember where you were, what you were doing, and what your response was when you when the news became official that that Flint's drinking water was no longer drinkable, Rabbi Weingarten? Our response was, "What 
can we do in in our capacity as as uh, as Habaras? We we uh, we were looking in what area we can help in our small way, and uh, we we responded to some people. We, we not limited to the Jewish community, but I've had our primary interest is seen to it that the, 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 although most of the Jewish community has not been affected, even those that do live in Flint are not so severely affected, um, just very few um, who are affected, and those are being looked after by by many people in the community, particularly the Jewish community. And, and we're looking after others as well. But obviously, our primary interest and our primary goal was to see to it that we were helping people, getting, making sure they have their um, their filters in place that were distributed and they have enough water. And we have a couple of elderly people that we had to see to it that they, some of them have arthritis in their fingers and they can't open the water bottles themselves. We, every few days, we had a volunteer go and open up some water bottles for some of these people and, and things like that. That's really pretty amazing that someone would even think in that terms of such a small detail, which is so important to that individual, of opening up bottles for them on a regular basis. That's amazing. The the Flint Jewish community is pretty much one cohesive unit, is it not? You don't have the factionalism like you have in big cities. Is that correct, Rabbi Weingarten? Very much so. Very united, yes. Okay, so there. So all efforts have been done have been basically on a, a united front. How is it that what was how quick did the response take before the Jewish community got into action? Um, part of it was active in, internally, almost immediately, almost immediately. The committees made, and not the typical committees, but these are committees that really went to work on it. Volunteers, professionals. Uh, medical professionals and and other professionals that were seriously involved and seen to it that everyone that's in need uh, was spoken for and taken care of, um, despite what others say or what we've heard out of the community. Just to give you an example, water bottles now is in abundance in Flint. Flint probably doesn't need another water bottle for for ages to come. I mean, in, in most homes, uh, they have water bottles, you know, in abundance. However, there are other issues which we, we found can be very helpful. I'll give you an example. Uh, back a few months ago, we got a call from a school in Five Towns, New York, and they, to educate their children with good deeds, they do mitzvah projects. And when they heard about Flint, they wanted to get involved with Flint. And they called us. They called the Chabad House. And they wanted to do a fundraiser. And they actually did a fundraiser for young children, raised over $2,000. And when I suggested that they come up with something, we didn't want the money. We wanted something today recommended after the research they did. They recommended that they, or they, they suggested that we purchase vitamin C and primarily distribute them to children and to elderly as well. So and that's what we've started with that project. We had another outfit from New York, from New Jersey, actually, a, a, um, a medical supply company who produces sponges 
people can't take showers. Many people in the swim community that's affected, that are affected, cannot take showers because they get rashes. So they've uh, developed, not for this, but they've developed long ago for, 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 the, for the U.S. Army, for the Navy, for elderly and nursing homes and so on. They've developed this sponge. You add a, just a little bit of water and you can bathe your whole entire body without the use of a whole lot of water. And uh, they came actually this week, and we distributed thousands through, you know, through the Jewish community. They called on Chabad to help them. We united the community, the Jewish Federation, the Chabad House, and others in the community. And we distributed thousands, literally thousands of these funders, and people are waiting for more. And more is coming, and we're going to continue to distribute those amongst the needy, particularly children and elderly in our community. Has the Flint City at large recognized the contributions of the Jewish community, acknowledged that, yes, we appreciate the, the, the help and participation that the Jewish community is offering? I'm not sure what, what capacity you're talking about, but I'll give you an example of people from WIC, people from Head Start, you know, the, the public schools, the, the school system, the Head Start, the uh, um, preschoolers, parents, and leaders of the schools and of the community of these, these, of, these uh, of these institutions have acknowledged it and have been so appreciative um, and they're, they're recipients of this and they're using it like it's, it's magical so they've been very appreciative okay so would you say at what stage are we in the crisis crises have like beginnings when they're discovered then they have like the crisis part where everybody has to run around and take care of and deal with the situation with boots on the ground and then they come up to the end game where we could say wow there's a light at the tunnel it's not a train everything's going to be okay where would you say rabbi Yisrael weingarten is the flint water crisis up to now that's a difficult question to answer because every day you have different reports, but it's, I'm sure the people that are, are involved are working diligently to see to it that this, becomes, this, uh, this problem becomes uh, adjusted. But I, I really, it's hard to tell because uh, the, the conflicting reports you get all the time. I think it's more politicized than... Uh, but but I, do, I do firmly believe that there are people that are... Very, working very difficult and very hard to to uh, to conquer this issue. Uh, but it's hard to tell of what the, what the, where the progress is going, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. But uh, it, 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 there's new developments, but I, I can't. I'm, I don't keep up with that part of it. But but I knew I know that this, they have people um, that have uh, that have contacted us from all over the country, working on behalf of the federal government to pay close attention to this. They come for weeks on end, and they stay in Flint. They leave their families from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, from uh, uh, Florida, from uh, Los Angeles, various people working for the federal government in various scientific areas are here um, uh, paying very close attention to it, and some of them are we're catering to their religious needs, uh, some of them are Jewish, and they, they join us and we provide for them kosher meals, etc. But uh, an up-to-date uh, report, I, I cannot give that. Mm-hmm. One of the world's leaders in water treatment is Israel. Has there been any presence of the Israeli 
And is Israeli concerns rather rather official or unofficial, Israel Weingarten? That, that, it happens to be some of these people that are here. Two, two of these people that are here working on behalf of the federal government are are born are born and raised in Israel, and they're, they're, they're you know American citizens that they're here working on on, on behalf of the United States government. So it happens. It happens to be that's about as close we can get as we can get from. Uh, Mm-hmm. As so, far as I know, what what is we're going to wrap this up here with this one? What do you envision is just a couple more questions? What do you envision would be in the future now? I know you're not discerning your level of prophecy per se, but uh, well, no, no, but we're, we're uh, the Rebbe teaches us always to be optimistic, and and our perspective is, is this is uh, this is Flint hitting its rock bottom, and now it's only going upwards. With God's help, we hope. That this will be a turner, turning point for Flint, and uh, and uh, only get better and better with Hashem's help. Okay, so now, if anybody in the list, the Jewish Hour listening audience, would like to get involved and help Flint through the Jewish community, do you have a contact number or a website or anything like that, Rabbi Yisrael Weingarten? We don't have a website, but we can give you a phone number where you can call. Give you call the Chabad House at eight one zero two three zero zero seven seven zero. Or you can call the Flint Jewish Federation at area code 810-767-5922. Okay, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate your time and hope that next time we can call up with uh, something better than a crisis, Rabbi Weingarten. With God's help, yes, and we're hope, hope, we hope that's the direction we're going. Okay, great. We're gonna, thank you so much for coming on. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Stop paying more than your fair share of property tax now. I'm Stephen Poulter, attorney at law and president of Express Property Tax Appeals. Right now, your commercial property tax assessments are in the mail. Like many commercial property owners, you're probably paying unnecessary and exorbitant property taxes, potentially costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Express Property Tax Appeals can help. I recently reduced one of my clients' property tax values by $2 million, realizing a quarter million dollars in real tax dollar savings. I can do the same for you. If you're a commercial property owner, manager, or broker and are tired of paying more than your fair share of property tax, call Express Property Tax Appeals now at 855-LOW-TAX-9 or online at lowtax9.com. That's 855-LOW-TAX-9 or online at lowtax9.com. You have nothing to lose except your looming property tax burden. I'm Stephen Poulter with Express Property Tax Appeals, and I look forward to saving you money on your property taxes. The Art Studio of Oak Park is now accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park has something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248-542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Herschel Fenman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. I was going to do a... Uh, oh, we have uh, Michael Drick online? Oh, yes. Let's do this first before I start doing my own talking over here. We have... Online, the Jewish Hour's own poet laureate, Mr. Michael Druck. 
How are you today, Michael? Thank God I'm okay. Good to hear. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you very much. Okay, so you are the Poet Laureate here. Have you, perchance, have a uh, poem for us that you'd like to share? Uh, Yes, I do. Let's see what I have here. A Jewish song. I often think of the synagogue near my home across the sea. And my father, dear father, who walked me to shul, that was such a part of me. And the words of a song that thrilled me so long are coming back to me. That the Jewish soul is an ancient soul, and the thoughts of God have we. I can see the men with graying beards bent over the Torah scroll. And I remember that song that held me so long and thrilled me that time ago. The Jewish soul is an ancient soul, and the thoughts of God are with us. I remember the rabbi who held my small hand when he gave me my first sitter book and bade me to read the Hebrew words that made me smile with each look. And the voice of that song still held me so long, repeating and treating still, that the Jewish soul is an ancient soul, the thoughts of God are with us. There are things I may not say and thoughts that never die, and I often think of the olden days and those times that make me cry. And the words of that saying have me constantly praying to God in an age gone by. As a Jewish soul, an ancient soul, and thoughts of God have I. And when you see me over there in my seat lost in the prayer, you'll be aware and I'll be aware of a song from beyond the sea. The Jewish soul is an ancient soul that belongs to history. And I belong, yes, ever belong to a time beyond the sea. Fascinating. So would you say then, Michael Druck, that the Jewish conscious is one which is sort of like one which has been accumulated over the millennia? It never leaves you. I remember the time when I was becoming religious and I saw some men dancing and I just was not used to seeing that and I just would not do it. And then one day I decided to try it. While I was dancing with the men in shul, I started to cry because something in me in my past brought that time back when I somehow, my soul, must have done that very thing. Hmm, it's interesting. So you're saying like we're collectively, we're not just the composite of all the horrible things that happened, which Jews have a way of remembering that, but all of the really spiritual things as well then. Absolutely. Wonderful. Have you got another one? Okay, here it comes. Behold the ancient prayers and script in parchment they pervade. The trembling hand of a scholar lost through history has stayed. The writings of a people's God, never once forgotten here, can lose itself on a reader's shelf if not read or disappeared. Behold the ancient teachings of our fathers and their kin, and what an ancient scholar's life was once or could have been. We hold his soul in written texts, rejoicing in the pages, the parchment of a lost and future being handed down from ancient ages. The distant soul cries out, my friend, as a shofar to a people, climbing upwards and ever speak his name from the high and mighty steeples. Could it be, my friend, would I dare say, the scribe could he, but could be, but he? The ancient text was some pretext for us and history. 
Never mind, Hashem, your secret safe. It was you that guides the hand. We'll take the book inside and nook to the once and promised land and put it up where we all could see your teachings and the prayers. We will not let you down, my Lord. The words are safe. Take care. An ancient soul is put to rest. The teachings have been discovered. It is his and our bequest, O Lord, and we have been now recovered. Blessed art thou, our God, the King, the land, the people, the prayers, and what a lonely scholar's life was like and unaware, and what he did long ago stays with us, moves us, and then we bless you and keep you, and so we entreat you to love us and tear us, care for us. Amen. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you then, would you say the way I see it, is it possible that the second poem is actually the reason why there is the first poem? Meaning that we have this collective soul because of the ancient texts, Michael Druck. Right. The um, scholar has written a, a an ancient text and it was probably lost in some kind of cubby somewhere during the Holocaust or where, whenever. But it was found again, and we realized that God's teachings and the scholars' teachings go on and on again and again, and never really to be lost. Wow. It's really pretty profound. So, I ask you this, I've been asking you this question now for over 20 years. When, <laughs> when are the collected poems of Michael Druck to be published? Well, now that I'm retired, and now that we'll be moving from uh, Minnesota to Delaware... And I will have, so once we have everything all put away and neatly um, cataloged, we will get into the poems and get everything all set, and then we will find a publisher and get going with that once and for all. I've been tied up with work ever since then, but now I'm going to have poetry time totally on my hand, and we'll be sending out the poems again like we used to, and um, we'll get it all together, and we will be published Wonderful. So that's that's wonderful. So uh, I I would say that probably from once we started, you have poems that are not on a computer database someplace. They're just sitting on a piece yes. of paper. <laughs> yes. Which and may even that paper out. might even be yellow at this point. <laughs> but not eaten away. They've been carefully stored. Oh, we good. have them. We have not read them yet over the uh, airways. Uh, but they are there, and they will be sent out, and other pieces of scraps that will be put together will uh-huh. make other poems, and we will get right at it after, sometime after November. Uh-huh. We could call them the Druk Sea Scrolls. Yes. <laughs> okay, Michael Druk, it's been a, it's a wonderful hosting you again. We're going to call you back in, uh, during the three weeks to, uh, after uh, during the summertime to read us some more fascinating and wonderful Jewish poetry. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful, uh, wonderful year. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Yes, indeed. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. 
Hey, Shulfenman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. It is at this point that I would like to have read a public service announcement. The only public service announcement that we received this week was on Friday for an event that happened this morning at 9.30. So if your organization is having a an event and you would like to have it now, get it to me in a timely manner, please at www.rabbifinman.com and we will announce it friends. So if you're having something Sunday morning, you got to send it to me the week before so I can tell people about the upcoming week. If you're having something even as, you know, as early as one o'clock this afternoon, so no problem. But I can't announce something that happened already. I could, but then it's a news story. It's not a uh, public service announcement. Coming up for your listening pleasure, this is the Maccabees, who have basically taken the, on the leadership of the Jewish a cappella group, I guess, in America. And this piece we're listening to is called Home Israel. Been a lot of places, I've been all around the world, seen a lot of faces, never know where I Back home. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. Don't forget where you belong.
Do you or someone you know have an addiction to opiates? Ready to take your life back but don't have the time for a long inpatient program? MDS Drug Detox is a team of physicians with extensive experience in the field of rapid drug detox under anesthesia. MDS is the nation's only rapid opiate detox under anesthesia facility with the same doctors, RNs, and certified paramedics attending the entire drug detox process. MDS Drug Detox is safe and effective. Their goal is to provide the best, the safest, and the most economical way to free you from your addiction. MDS uses the highest standards of care and the best FDA-approved medications. MDS Drug Detox understands what your concerns are. Make the call today, 888-637-6968, or go online to www.mdsdrugdetox.com. That's 888-637-6968, MDS Drug Detox. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. we got time for one more piece of music in this hour of the show. This again, this is Makovitz. This is already classic. This is One Day. Sometimes I lay under the moon and thank God I'm Say, I, 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 I don't want to 
go to a hospital get healthy at encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital the same medicines the same everything without being in a hospital why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection did you know that last year one in six people died in america because of infections they got in hospitals encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility that means you get your wound care treatment and then go home there are no wait times at encompass Healthcare like in er's Healthcare is personal and works better faster and easier Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is the portion of Amor. It is found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 21 and following. In this chapter, the, the holidays are discussed. There's a period, which we happen to be in right now, which is not a holiday, but it is discussed in this time, it's the period between Passover to Shavuos, the holiday of the Pentecost, the giving of the Torah. As it says, you shall count seven weeks, and you'll celebrate then afterwards the festival of weeks, which is what the Pentecost in Hebrew means. Shavuos is the festival of weeks, meaning we've counted seven weeks. What's, what's the deal over here with this? It's not a holiday. It's mentioned in the holiday portion what did they do, actually, in temple times? On the second day of Passover, a crew would go out into the field and would harvest barley, which, which this was the second day of Passover in Israel is not a holiday. It's not Yom Tov officially. It's part of the weekday week. And since it was needed specifically, you're not allowed to do gardening during the, the festival, even for the holy days, even the intermediary days when work is permitted. But things like gardening and that type of stuff are not done. But they would do this specifically because of the commandment overriding that. They would harvest about five pounds of barley once they got all this, the chaff and whatnot off of it. And then that was uh, roasted and it was turned into, into flour and was offered as what was referred to as the Omer, which the Omer is that size amount of barley. And after that, they would count as we count. Today's day one since we offered the Omer. Today's day two since we offered the Omer. Tonight, for example... We will be counting uh, 23. We'll be counting the 23rd day since the, the offering of the Omer. There, is a ma there are major discussions about this. First of all, this were, there were not many 
offerings. There were flower offerings every day. Every day people had to do this flower offering thing. There was a part of the community sacrifices. It was called the mincha. They were usually fine wheat flour because, after all, fine wheat flour is the best, right? This was barley. Uh, Barley is considered, as far as sacrifices go, animal fodder. The only other time where barley was offered, which is discussed in the portion of, I think it's chapter 10, I believe. I don't have the reference right in front of me of the book of of Numbers is involving the sacrifice that a woman who was suspect of being an adulteress had to bring. It's recognized that, yes, this is an animal food because what we're dealing with when we're talking about the sephira is the animal within us. What did the Jews have to do to get out of Egypt? Nothing. It was totally from the top. We talked about this before. The exodus from Egypt was a blink of an eye. The whole duration. Five million people with all of their things traveling 120 kilometers, blink of an eye. What did they have to do to do that? They they didn't build warp factor engines and fly out. No. It was the Almighty doing it. What about the splitting of the sea, which we talked about previously, as being an inherent process an integral process, preparing the Jews for the, the the giving of the Torah. Nothing. They didn't do anything. Okay, one guy jumped into the sea. But listen, if you were to jump into an ocean, or, you know, like my grandmother used to say, guys should go jump in our lake, it's not going to split. So who did the splitting? Obviously, it was the Almighty who did the splitting. Two weeks prior to the giving of the Torah, the Jews three weeks prior, the Jews started receiving the manna from heaven. What did they have to do for that? Nothing. Wake up, basically. And there's a very interesting thing about the manna from heaven, as it was nothing to do with merit, because it was pointed out to me by a great rabbi, that no matter how mad the Jews got God to be, if that was so physically possible, or spiritually possible even, the next day, there was manna on the ground. The day after the golden calf, there's manna on the ground. The day after the spies, there's manna on the ground. Had nothing to do with the Jews' own accomplishments. These are all instances of the Almighty's intervention into the Jews' life and taking care of them. Same thing also with the giving of the Torah. What did the Jews do for that? They stood there and got totally blown away, quite literally. If you have everything done for you, what happens? You become lazy. I'm not saying you specifically. I mean, you could prove me wrong. But it's called in the the, the jargon is Nahamad the Kasufa, bread of shame or bread of laziness. Adam li Amal Yulvalid, man was created to work. If people are not, they don't have a sense of accomplishment then they don't feel good about themselves. And anything that people get without accomplishing, they don't think a whole lot of. I got it easy. If it goes away, so what? So like this, the Almighty gave the Jewish people when they left Egypt, and then later we received the commandment to count the days until the giving of the Torah. 
you think, well, what's what's the big deal? You know, we do it every night. As soon as it gets dark, we say, because in Judaism, the, the day precedes, the, the day starts at the night before. As like with the Shabbos, for example, starts at sunset. So every day basically starts at dusk. And as soon as it's dusk, we, we do this count thing. Today is day, for example, tonight, 23 of the counting of the Omer. But we have to tie this back into the animal food, the uh, the barley. Because one of the things that we do, one of the reasons why it's called sefiras and omer, which in Hebrew the word sefira means a whole bunch of things. It means to tell. In this instance, it means to count. It also means to shine. The word sapphire comes from the Hebrew word sefira. There's also what's referred to in the Kabbalah as a realm of conscious, or it's also referred to as the divine attributes. And there are 10 divine attributes. We refer to these as the 10 spheros, the 10 spherot. And we happen to be patterned after those 10 spherot. They are the basically comprise our intellect and our emotions. And indeed, in uh, last week's portion of Kedoshim, we talked about how are we supposed to emulate the Almighty? Well, God is kind. We have to be kind. God, God shows restraint. We have to show restraint. God has compassion. We have to show compassion. Those are all the divine attributes. So during the seven weeks, what we're trying to do is refine our emotional character. During the seven weeks, we count seven emotions. We started the week of Passover with the attribute of kindness. Now, it's not just kindness per se, but every detail of kindness, because kindness contains in it not only just kindness, but also contains restraint. It also contains compassion. Similarly, also, constraint contains kindness. Constraint contains compassion. So if you have these seven different attributes, and each one is containing seven different fa- uh, faculties or seven different facets, then you have 49. So each day what we're supposed to do is focus on that attribute and that specific facet of that attribute so that by the end of the 49 days, we have refined our animal desires we have done something to receive the, the Torah. And that's what we're geared up for. Let me give you an example. You have kindness of severity and severity of kindness. When a parent punishes a child, is that kindness or severity? We're not talking about cruel. We're not talking about abusive. We're talking about a meted out, deserved punishment. Ultimately, we're going to say that that is an act of love. The child, however, sees an expression of constraint, an expression of severity. What were to happen were the child's behavior go to go unchecked? The child could grow up to be a criminal a non-productive member of society. So we see there has to be some, the, the, the constraint, the, the severity has to be expressed. What happens if a child is indulged? 
I give my kid anything I want. The kid's going to be really very happy about it. But in actuality, that's an expression of cruelty because the child will grow up not knowing restrictions. So there has to be this balance within us. And this balance has to be, as we learned from last week's portion, primarily between people, but also with our relationship with the Almighty. That's what we're doing this week. And speaking of this week, we've got to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Hi, this is Spex Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor The Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for The Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep The Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to The Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated. Hey, Shulfinman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. Want to get in touch with me? www.rabbifinman.com. We've been here for 20 years, and it's been there pretty much uh, that whole time when we first put up rabbifinman.com. There's a whole history behind rabbifinman.com. And uh, you don't have to worry about the history of rabbifinman.com. Just go to rabbifinman.com, and you can see it all there. You'll find archived editions of the show. You'll find a way to contact me. You'll find uh, archived editions of the E-Parsha, U-Parsha, and Hasidic Use story, which are missives about Judaism, Jewish thought, and Hasidic stories, that type of stuff, and other media besides uh, oral. We have some uh, visual stuff, and we have some reading stuff going on over there. You'll also have find we have classes of the basic Hasidic work called Tanya. We're getting through it. We're just about up to we're going to finish. We're in chapter twenty-eight of Agaris Hakodesh, which doesn't give us a whole lot left to go, and the whole thing will be up there. And that would be way awesome when that happens. Maybe we'll have a big party. Anyway, speaking of big parties, by the way, the Jewish Hour, which is uh, part of the uh, under the same umbrella as Jewish Ferndale, would like to let you know that Jewish Ferndale is having a Lagboimer barbecue, and that is going to be Wednesday, May twenty fifth. And you can find more information about that and what Lagboimer is. We'll talk about that maybe next week or the week after, May twenty fifth at seven p.m. at the new Jewish Ferndale building, seventeen twenty five Pinecrest. And go to jewishferndale.com to find out more information and to uh, pay the early bird special on that one. Don't get caught paying the extra fees because you came late. There, also on rabbifinman.com, you'll find the very important donation page. Yes, we are mid-month and we're about, I would say, pretty close. We're on schedule for paying off the month at this point. We're about halfway there. Yeah, I'll admit that. This last week was pretty good. People stepped up. I did promise that if we made the month before the end of the month, I wouldn't go through this appeal, but that has yet to happen. It still stands. In fact, I'm going to make that for for in perpetuity. Anytime we've met the month, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. So that, that way I can spend more time telling the Hasidic story and things you'd really rather hear than me telling you that don't you think it's time that you went to rabbifinman.com and clicked on the donation page, chose a number, entered your own number, 
pay through it through PayPal. If you have a PayPal account, the whole thing takes 30 seconds, without exaggeration. If you don't, it's going to take you about three minutes to enter your credit card information. And as I stress now, PayPal is such that you can set up regular giving. And you can do it monthly and just uh, forget about it. And then it happens automatically, but we won't forget it. We will actually acknowledge every time we receive such a donation. So go to RabbiFinman.com, go to the donations page, do it today. Speaking of Lag Boimer, there is a Baal Shem Tov story. Baal Shem Tov being the founder of the Hasidic movement who lived from 1698 to 1761. Before he was declared as a religious leader, he took on various jobs. One of those jobs would be akin to today as being a bus driver, a school bus driver. His job was to, to pick up kids from their homes and escort them to the school. I'm not exactly sure why they needed such a thing, because I'm imagining this, but these were not very big cities and the kids weren't going to get lost. And what was the big deal? Why did you have to pay somebody to actually walk the kids to school? So this town where the Baal Shem Tov was acting as this school bus driver was attacked by Cossacks, marauding Cossacks. And the people got wind that the Cossacks were on the way. This was something which was not an unusual occurrence. We're talking uh, Eastern Europe, Ukraine, that area, Poland, pogroms, attacks on cities, Jewish enclaves, very, very common. The Jews were not given weapons. They didn't have, they didn't, they were deemed as unworthy of being able to defend themselves and therefore were left defenseless. So this town basically had a uh, an evacuation plan. When they would hear of such things happening, they would all run to the caves, and they would hide in the caves. So it happened that this day was that that they were hiding in the caves happened to be Lag Boimer, which is the a minor holiday on the Jewish calendar, and it is celebrated by kids going out into the fields and playing games. Is one of the things that actually is done. And people do that till day. In Israel, it's a national barbecue holiday. And that's why we're having a barbecue at Jewish Ferndale. So this Reb Yisrael Baal Shem said, it's Lag Boimer. We have to do something for Lag Boimer. The parents said, what are you, crazy? What are you going to do? Play in the cave? He said, no, it has to be in the field. And he said, don't worry. He gave them real excitement. Nothing will happen to your children. This time, the Cossacks are a little bit miffed. There's no Jews to kill. But if you can't rape and pill, if you can't rape and marauder, you can pillage. And that's what they did. They emptied out people's houses. They took all the valuables. They started stockpiling stuff. They're having, they're getting drunk. They're having a wonderful time. This Rebbe Sorrell had this children's rally that was full of such excitement. The parents even got involved with it. That's how exciting it was. Suddenly, the Cossacks all picked themselves up and left. The word had gotten out that there was a garrison of, of uh, troops that were coming in to squash this, uh, this, this invasion. And they all left. And they all helped. And it says, the statement of the Talmud is, you can always rely on Rabbi Shimon, whose anniversary of the passing it is, in times of duress, so that things will go right. We hope things go right for you, and thank you so much for tuning in. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you had a chance to educate you a bit. 
We hope you have a great week. We'll see you back again next week. We are bound. We are bound. I'm Mike Woolworth for Bible League International. We're 75% of the way to meeting our goal of sending 2,600 Bibles to Africa from the listeners of Faith Talk 1500.